Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia, and you will be. So let's get planning. Well, welcome to the Bride Chiller podcast, my bride chillers and groom chillers. This is the podcast where you can learn all about planning a wedding and all the extra stuff that the wedding magazines sometimes ignore. And Pinterest, might I add. I'm so delighted to be sharing the podcast today with a wonderful guest who is not only a great businesswoman slash person slash human being, she is one of these people that saw a problem and solved it and started a business out of it. And they're some of my favorite people. I would like a very warm welcome with all the people. You hear the crowds starting here, Danielle? Danielle Tate, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Clearly, I'll cut in thousands of uh, applause there because they're all out there cheering. You just can't hear them. <laughs> Danielle, now you are an author, but you also sort of started, I don't want to tell you your bio here. This is usually when I go, Danielle, tell me about yourself. But uh, I, I wanted to say you're an author, but you also started a very clever website, which I know is going to help thousands of my listeners, because this is a problem we all come across if we choose to change our name. I know this is a big conversation to be having, and I'm not jumping to conclusions, but when we get hitched and we decide, some of us, to change our surname, it can be really annoying. How did you come up with the idea for MissNowMrs.com? So I am very much an accidental entrepreneur. So I myself was a busy bride and a professional and decided to change my name. And three trips to get my driver's license really took the wind out of my sails on the whole name Boy. change thing. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, why isn't there some sort of service? Why can't I change my name online or something like TurboTax? And so that frustration <laughs> sparked the idea for Miss Now Misses. And basically, it condenses the 13 hours of filing all that paperwork into 30 minutes for $30. Okay, well, let's, let's just go back. Um, I mean, whoa. 13 hours, that's a bloody crazy amount of time to do very simple paperwork that's very complicated. Yeah, it's, it's not just your government forms and IDs, it's all of your banks and credit cards and insurances and mortgages and schools and professional licenses. It's sort of never ending. Yeah, I, I still come across things and I've been married for three years, four, three, how long, hmm? Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Eight years. Uh, and it's really funny because I it, – look, I probably complicated things by I still work under my maiden name and I have my married name as my sort of home name, which complicates things to no end. But also, you know, you sort of come across things and go, oh, I haven't used it for so long. I'm still McCormack. Oh, I had no idea. So this is actually very clever of you, lady. Well, thank you. <laughs> How did you go about – like? Going from this idea, and I always love, like you said, you're an accidental entrepreneur, but how did you go to the idea of going, oh, I stood in line at the stupid office to get my thing done. How did you change that into an actual business? So um, I'm one of those bookie type people. I, I did some research um, before, you know, I was a successful saleswoman and had no intention of starting a company, but the <laughs> idea just sort of stuck. And I was like, well, how many marriages are there? And in the U.S., there's 2.3 million marriages a year. And I was like, well, oh, that's kind hi. of a lot. And then I'm like, well, how many of those women actually change their name? Maybe I'm in the minority. And it took some digging and I read some journal articles and it turns out 88% of women in the U.S. still change their name. So I was like, you know what? This is a huge problem for a rather large population that I understand. So that was sort of the beginning of like, okay, well, maybe there's something more to this idea and I could build a business around it. Mm, it's very clever. And I think, you know what? 
I'm going to just be honest with everyone out there. I used to be one of those people, and I am still sometimes, that if a task comes by, I get a little bit, I'm a bit of a tight ass sometimes. And a tight ass in the sense of going, why would I pay to do that when I can do it myself? Now, as I get older and as I'm running a business and working a full-time job, I realize to go, oh, for the love of God, Alicia, just pay someone else to do this task. You're an idiot. Save yourself the time. You'll never get it back. So when... I hear about businesses that especially change the idea of giving 30 bucks is really nothing, can I just say? For 13 hours. You don't have to make that much money per hour to make that make a lot of sense. Yeah. So to me, I go, well, that's just a no-brainer. Just give, just take my money, get it done, and it will be done. And then you can just forget it. Because actually afterwards, it all sounds very romantic changing your name, but afterwards, it's just bloody annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. That was my little rant for everyone. My bride chiller listeners are probably used to the rants. I just got worked up. I apologise. I apologise. If you like doing paperwork, go ahead and do it. But you're wasting your time. Newlywed time at that. I know it. I know it. So, Danielle, you started the business and you put it out there. It's obviously, it's been covered by a lot of different wedding press and mainstream media as well. Did you expect it to be so, like, taken up so quickly? You know, I really was unsure. And so um, I think one of the best stories is when we launched the website and pushed Go on the first very small Google AdWords and in 30 minutes had our first purchase. Wendy, what? I'll never forget her name. I was like, wow, this that was just so validating and worth all of the hours and all of the money and all of the stress. And um, we've grown to over 300,000 customers. So it's just sort of snowballed. That's crazy and delightful. And congratulations because it's great to hear, you know, one of these, another amazing women in business story. And not just women, go men as well, but women especially. Good for you. <laughs> Thank good you. For us. <laughs> and this brings me very uh, a good transition as a journalist that I am. This brings me now to your amazing book that I have been just absorbing like a human sponge, Elegant Entrepreneur. And it's one of those books that as a business person, I was reading it going, how can I share this with my audience? And I know that not everyone listening is interested in business or would have the idea that they need to know more about business. But when we connected, I thought, you know what, this is actually a great topic to try and empower bride chillers and groom chillers to change their perspective a little bit when it comes to planning their wedding. And I thought, what better topic to talk to you about is, is, is that so we're going to kick it off and, and hit this idea of maybe thinking about your wedding as a business sort of transaction more than just something gorgeous from a Pinterest board. I like that. That'll be fun. So the, <laughs> the book is structured, you know, you're a smart woman without an MBA, but with a business idea. So these 12 ideas from idea to exit. But if you're a smart woman or a gentleman who's engaged, it could be, you know, the 12 steps from engagement to wedding. And there are a lot of parallels and a lot of good reasons to think about wedding planning as a, as a business and from a professional uh, perspective. I really do like the idea that well, as well as just learning from my business, the the podcast, I you know, and I love, I really love business podcasts. I love reading, absorbing, love all the blogs. But it was a very contained, uh, very as you said, it's sort of layperson stuff that you're writing about here because it can get overwhelming. And and business talk can be, I would say, in a very Australian way, a little bit wanky. Whereas what you've done here is you've put it all into very informative stuff. 
And I got it. I understood it. It's the book I always wanted. I read so many business books, and I'm like, why do I feel dumb? Like, and I have a good idea. So it's very much what I was looking for. Mm. Well, that's nice because I think if you're writing and as a writer as well, you want to write what you want to read. And I try and talk what I want to listen to. Very good grammar. I just did then, Danielle. Um, now tell me. <laughs> so should we, should we now jump into the wedding part of this so we, we make your listeners happy too? Yeah. Given what they're listening for. <laughs> I love a lady that takes control. Good on <laughs> One of the concepts in the book is don't fall in love before holding your idea accountable. And Ooh. I think that would parlay very well into wedding planning. Don't fall in love with your wedding concept before holding that idea accountable. I mean, we all might want amazing destination weddings or, you know, $300,000 wedding, but if that's not something you can have, don't fall in love with it. Look at it very analytically and figure out what pieces and parts you might be able to have. And so that works for a business and it also works very well for, for a wedding and wedding planning. You make a good point because I think a lot of my bride chillers write these beautiful emails and leave me voice messages going, Hi, uh, Alicia, I went to this wonderful bridal salon just to try on a dress I knew I couldn't buy. And then I fell in love with it. And now we're $20,000 in debt. You're like, what, 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 what? What are you doing? (laughs) That's bad business and bad planning, but it happens all the time. So... Yeah, hearts go out for that one. It is, yeah, it, it does, but it's but it comes back to that point you just made, the fact that we if you don't plan, you don't know what you're starting with and you start to fall in love with the concept before you've actually put the actual foundations of a business plan, your budget in place, then you're a bit screwed if you start committing to things that are in fairyland financially. I completely agree. So what's the next step then? If you were to think about your your wedding as a business, we, we start with the plan. We come up with the budget. A lot of people ignore the budget sort of side. A lot of people in business ignore their budget as well, and I can sometimes be one of them, I have to admit. So after you've got your, your business plan or your wedding plan in place and you do need that budget in place, I talk about building your team. So you have mm. found the love of your life. So there's your first teammate, and they should hopefully be helping you with this wedding planning. And then... Um, Who's next? Think about who you need the most. It might be a wedding planner. It might be a florist. It might be some sort of coordinator or musician. But you need to figure out not only who you need, but who's the highest value to you and what you're willing to pay. So again, um, your team is incredibly important if you want a good end product in a business. And the same goes uh, for weddings as well. Yeah. And and a team doesn't have to necessarily be someone you pay as well. Like you said, your partners, you're like... The, the number one team member, but also you've got family and friends that I think a lot of people feel reluctant to ask for help or want to invite into the process. And- Absolutely. And what I always say is give a discreet project. So family and business is very sticky and sometimes mm. family and weddings brings out the very best and very worst. So mm. I find that in business and also in weddings by saying, I need you to do this task. Instead of, could you help me plan my wedding? They're going to take the bits they want. (laughs) But if you assign them something that you think they would be good at and that hopefully you don't mind having someone else's opinion on, that can make things go a lot more smoothly. Oh, I love that. Discreet task, bride chillers and groom chillers. Remember that because that's a very nice way to say, hi, mother-in-law. I really like all your opinions and I really appreciate that. But uh, here's the small right. discreet You're task. You're in charge of invitations go. or why yeah. don't you take over, you know, centerpieces, something that you care about but you don't care that much about. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's good. And it also makes them feel like they're involved. It gives exactly. them something to go they don't, away. No feelings are hurt and it works out very well. And if they do well, then you can give them a better task. <laughs> they can, exactly. They can graduate to the next task. If they or do a promotion. Poorly. There you go. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Listen, mother-in-law, you, you didn't shit me too much. You're on to the next level. Exactly. Oh, that's good. Discrete projects. Let's all remember that. Let's, I'm writing this down. I'm making notes. I'm excited. Build your team and then allocate tasks. I think we all get, and I know this is the same in business, and you do talk about this in the book. Some of us feel so uh, we don't want to bother people. We feel the idea that if we are asking or we're allocating tasks that we're going to be annoying people. But especially in you know family and friends situations, people are really stoked to help out. You just got to ask. Exactly. And I was actually hurt. One of my best friends, I've thrown, I think, eight baby showers and prior to that, nine bridal showers in the last Whoa. two years. So I sort of like my husband said that we should just you know start charging a venue fee because I can just crank out a baby shower and bridal shower. So my one of my best friends just got engaged and I didn't throw her shower. She's and I was actually a little bit hurt and it turns out she's like, Oh, you did everyone else's. I felt bad asking. Oh, that's nice. That's <laughs> so annoying that you were hurt. Exactly. You've got to communicate this stuff though. That's very it's a very good suggestion. Build your team. Make sure that people know and also make sure you communicate what their tasks are. Because I think some people assume that everyone knows what they're doing and that's when stuff doesn't work. I agree. I agree. Mm. And setting expectations. This is, you know, like I was the bride that had the spreadsheet. I'm like, you know, here's the blow by blow, like 15 minute increments where everybody is. Here's emergency phone numbers. And then I was done. I didn't have to boss anyone around. Everybody had the plan and it worked out pretty well. That's nice that you you said that. And you said from the beginning, listen, guys, I've got the spreadsheet. This is how it's going to roll. And this will make me comfortable. Right. And if there's an issue, don't call me, call the florist or call, you know, this person or that person. Here's their cell phone number. So it worked out really well. Please listen to what Danielle's saying because so many people, you know, refuse to do that. And it really freaks me out that they are on the wedding day still managing tasks. You shouldn't be managing tasks on your wedding day. It'll send you crackers. (laughs) It will. crackers. (laughs) Absolutely. There will be more with the very elegant entrepreneur, author, and uh, founder of Miss Now Misses, Danielle Tate, after this very short break. What? Are you, let's go through. So I, I love all the, you just, you're hitting so many great points that I, uh, you know, I think are so valuable to my lovely listeners, my community. What What else can you suggest in the, from the business lady, gents point of view? So I think my favorite chapter in the book um, is overcoming setbacks and competition. And Mm -hmm. in business, you know, failures are opportunities in disguise. And in weddings, something always goes wrong. And how you choose to handle it is going to really dictate how your day goes. For example, my wedding coordinator didn't quite show up for the uh, reception. (laughs) And so on the fly, one of our friends is a headmaster. And so he has this great voice. He announced everyone. My father dismissed tables. It worked out very well. But instead of having a hissy fit in the bathroom, we just, you know, fixed the problem and moved on. And it ended up giving it a much more personal touch. What happened? What (laughs) I don't know to this day. Um, and it was no, a very, very nice place, Perry Cabin. And um, I, they were very sorry and, you know, sent chocolates, which don't fix much. But uh, <laughs> no, it all worked out. And I mean, I was marrying the person I loved the most. And I was happy to have all of my friends and family there. So honestly, you know, a little hiccup like that, not the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world, but it's disappointing for you and disappointing that 
this person, for whatever reason, chose not to uh, show on a quite right, important but it, day. I took that, that, that little hiccup and turned it into something good. And so, you know, as a bride or a groom, if there was a venue you wanted and you didn't get it, you can be really upset or you can look for the opportunity to find somewhere even better or even more in line with your personal style and, and wishes for the wedding. So you sort of choose how you handle these things. And I think there's always the bridezilla. And I love that you're bridechilla. So in the bridechilla mantra, just, you know what, things happen and how you handle them really dictates how your day will be. I've made a note and you just really hit it on the head. Bridechillas find opportunities. And I think that is such a wonderful piece of advice that you've given there in, in the sense that we, you know, if you do delve deeper and you become obsessed with a problem, it, things don't work. That's in everyday life as well. If you become bogged down in, in details that you can't fix, move on, find a better opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's good. Another thing on sort of on that note is like chapter 11 is all about sustaining. Like so many business books get you started and then you're like, okay, now what? Um, mm. So many people, and it's exciting, get, get wrapped up in the wedding details and then they are married and then they're like, now what? So remember, while it's a really important, amazing day of family and friends and love and a celebration, it's also the beginning of a marriage. So if there are things you can do to make sure that you're getting off on the right foot, whether it be counseling or planning fun events after the wedding to make sure you have things to look forward to, um, that's something that will help you sustain this relationship that you're, you're so excited about. Oh, surely. And that's, a, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the idea that I don't believe in ever touting this idea that it's the perfect day. It's the best day of your life. It's your dream day. Because I feel like there's so much pressure when you start using those sort of phrases. And we, I really hope, although I love my wedding day, I hope I have a 50 million great days like that throughout my life. So I think it's unhealthy for us to be, you know, like you said, expectations, feeling this pressure that we have to have things just go the certain way. Because like in business, you, you don't know the path that is going to be uh, taken with the way your business grows and the way things happen. So it's that's the joy of it all, I suppose. Right. And sustain that relationship. Don't stress your partner out um, through the wedding process and then be married and have already started sort of a rift or problems because you've bickered over this, that and the other or couldn't compromise. So, you know, nurture the relationship and plan the relationship almost as much as you plan the wedding. How do you feel about your having written this amazing book? And, you know, it's as I said, I've learned so much from it and I absorb a lot of stuff and I feel like you just have put it all into a very clear, concise plan, you know, that you can basically sit and tick through it and make sure that you know exactly where you stand. I, I've gone through and have made small but also quite big changes to the way I time manage and uh, talk to my lovely listeners about my product, which is me and what I put out there. How do you feel now about, you know, your businesses having written this book? You know, I wish this book would have been there when I started and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't have an MBA. Can I even start a business? And what I've learned is, yes, it would be nice to have a business background, but the successful entrepreneurs that I have met have a very varied background, series of backgrounds. And it's really comes down to the passion. Do you really care about the company? Does it make you happy? Are you excited about it? Are you committed to making it work in the good times and the bad times? So um, 
I feel really good about the book, and I think I would have done some things differently if I had been able to read it as I started Miss Now Misses, but um, it, it's been very good, and it's definitely sort of, you know, put me on my toes. I'm like, oh, I just wrote that. I had better, you know, make sure that I, I am following that not most of the time, but all of the time. Yeah, you got to practice what you preach, girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> I wrote what I do, but I was like, you know what? I better make sure, like, <laughs> I, I'm walking that daily. It's funny. We we have this joke. We go, what would a bride chiller do? A bit like those sort of Jesus bracelets. Um, And uh, (laughs) sometimes I'm going to start making those bracelets. I feel like that's just a good thing. We can just give everyone a bracelet when they're freaking out. And they can look down at their bracelet and go, stop freaking out. But sometimes in my everyday life, I think, and I'm not getting married anymore. It's done. But sometimes I go into the bride chiller mindset, which I think you can take into all aspects of your life and just go settle down, Alicia, just relax, take a deep breath, write a list, don't freak out. I think we can all take things and, and especially as you've said in the book, you know, it's it's all about project management and it's about being organized and being clear in your goals and what you want. And that so translates into wedding planning. If you go in like a crazy woman or man, you never get anything done. Yeah, and being honest about what you want. Like, you can't accomplish a goal and be happy about it if it's someone else's wish. So you can't have the wedding your mother wanted and be happy yourself. Mm. So be really honest about what you want to have happen in life or in your business. And, you know, you know what you're supposed to write down when you write down your goals. Write down what you actually want. And that took me a long time to get to. But I've been much happier personally and professionally by being honest with myself and my goals. And they're not always PC and they're not always, you know, what they should be, but they're what make me happy. Honesty is hard. I feel like we've been conditioned to be, you know, going with the flow of society. This sounds like a big, deep thing I'm going to say, but it's just hard to sometimes go, actually, no, I just want to wear a flat shoe on my wedding day. Or actually, no, I, I do want to change my name or I don't want to change my name. I feel like we, you know, I, I've so often feel like you just say the thing to make everyone happy. Exactly. And that comes into like business and women in business also. Sorry, gents. Guys are natural self-advocates. It's just part of how society raises them and rewards them. And so women have a really hard time being like, I have this great idea and this is why you should fund this company and this is what I need you to do. And Mm -hmm. so that goes into wedding planning as well. Like everybody wants to be the good daughter and the good daughter-in-law and the good wife. And at some point, you also need to balance all of that and be good to yourself. Oh, that's good. You know, my favorite saying, and I've put it on a sweater, is that's not going to work for me. And (laughs) I did it for that very reason, Danielle, because the idea that we find it really hard to say no. And I think as women, sometimes you just go exactly, exactly what you're just saying. The idea to go, I want to please, I don't want to let people down. Sometimes it's easier just to go along and go, yes. And I think some people find the word no to be rude, even though I think that's absolute bullshit. But I've sort of said, that's not going to work for me is a polite way. It's quite firm and it says exactly what it is. And I know it's not probably not as always as easy for people to say, but it's sort of become a bit of my mantra. If you don't like something, you need to tell someone because they're not going to know it if you don't say it. That's fantastic. I like it. Mine is never wish for it more than you work for it. Oh, let's put that on. Have you got that on a T-shirt? I have that on a T-shirt. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's a good T-shirt. Because it's so it easy to dream and wish and never actually put any effort into making that happen. 
Never wish for it. I love it. Never wish for it. More than you work for it. Mm, That's good. Listen to that, people. And that works for weddings as well. Like, oh, I wish I could find such and such in my budget. Well, you can wish all you want, but until you do internet research and talk to people, you're not going to be able to find that. Yeah, and move a budget around if you can't afford something. Yeah. You know, it's make make it happen by getting rid of something else. I go to this thing called Wedding MBA in Las Vegas every year. It's this huge, huge convention. And um, something I learned from one of the seminars was all all couples have – two things that they're willing to spend big on. And if you can identify that as a couple early on, it's going to save you a lot of heartache. And it's usually he wants one thing, she wants the other thing. And you allocate the funds to make those things exactly how you want them and then use whatever's left to fill in the rest of the the needs for your wedding. Good suggestion. And also very a great exercise to start the whole darn process off with. I completely agree. Oh, and also talk about your name change before you get married. You'd be very surprised how many monogrammed things you'll receive, even if you aren't changing your name. So <laughs> having having come to an agreement between yourself and then announcing it to your family and friends will help all of that go a lot more smoothly. <laughs> no, you can't return all of the frames and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> so heads up, ladies. That's a good heads up. And I'd never... Gosh, I'm 200 and I don't know how many episodes in now and I'd never thought about people giving people monogram stuff that they didn't want or need or with the wrong name. Mm-hmm. All the time. <laughs> well, I write, I write a newlywed blog and a lot of it's about name change. So yeah, we've, we've had all kinds of really interesting posts and topics. <laughs> can you, look, we, we're running out of time, but I want to know, can you share, have you got a couple of stories that you could share just to bring it back to Miss Now Mrs. Because I think it's such a wonderful site. And I'm encouraging, I'm going to put a, a you, I'm a, an affiliate of yours and mm-hmm. I'm going to put a lovely link, not a bad link, a lovely link on the uh, thebridechiller.com website today and I'll do it in some social media as well. But what are some of the funny things that you've come across running this wonderful site? Well, some of it's just the naming conventions. Like, you know, we've literally helped, you know, someone become Mrs. Merry Christmas. And no. um, this truly unfortunate preschool teacher became uh, Mrs. Jenna Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Questioned her, her loyalty there. <laughs> Naughty. Um, and so that's been hysterical. Um I think one of our worst customer support moments was a, a bride who called in and was truly not a bride chilla. She was a Zilla and she was screaming because our forms jammed her printer. <laughs> well, that's good. So you're going to hop, you obviously hopped in your car and you went and helped her because she was so polite. <laughs> well, and we have a hundred percent money back guarantee. We have the Nordstrom approach. We only want happy brides and we're very confident in our service and ability to help make the switch from Miss to Mrs. Easy. So those are some of the, the silly, ridiculous stories that, are, that have happened through the years. Oh, look, Jenna Jameson is hilarious. <laughs> you just can't make that up. Poor darling. And if you don't know who Jenna Jameson is, I was going to say go Google Don't Google, Google up, it at work. Would... <laughs> <laughs> Not safe for work. Don't don't Google it. <laughs> Certainly, uh, yeah. You don't want your boss hanging around when you Google Jenna even Jameson. Said that one. <laughs> no, Just, I love it. Was love an it. office laugh forever. It's amazing, and uh, but bless you know you got to own it. And if that's the name you want to keep, you yeah. helped her have that, so that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, look, if people would like to, some more information, uh, how do we get in touch and where do we get your wonderful book as well? Because I think this is such a great read. And this is not just, as we said, if you have any inkling in starting a business, then I would 100% say 
by the book. Or even the, the understanding the business you work for and how to get your ideas to be used in the office. Like that's been another thing that was unexpected that I'm hearing from readers. That's so empowering because I think a lot of – I was listening to a podcast today about meetings, which still sounds boring, but it was actually really interesting about this idea that we spend so much time in our day-to-day lives, if you work in an office, going to meetings, but about how we can time manage but also assert ourselves in a meeting situation to get your – voice to be heard. And I realize so many people don't do that. And it's a great point. So you can find the book on Amazon and it's available as a paperback, Kindle, or as an audio book. And um, I have a website, elegantentrepreneur.co and a female founder blog all about women in business and things to do and things not to do and inspiring women. And then of course, missnowmrs.com if you're changing your name in the US or have any friends that you need a gift card for a bridal shower. Uh, That's a good spot to look. That's a clever idea for a gift. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, they're in Target stores across the U.S. now. So that was kind of a big, exciting business moment for us. Oh, congratulations. It's such a great idea. And I hope, do you have plans to release international versions? I do, and I'm very interested in the U.K. So uh, should you know, I need to find somebody that already has the platform, that has all of the brides, possibly it's you, listening or you know, planning through their site would make the most sense. All right. Well, let's put the word out because I know I have a lot of UK listeners and, uh, you know, I think this, so you're looking for people who have the platform already. Let's just reiterate what you're looking for. Yeah, just to partner up with. So if you already have a huge planning UK site that brides are coming to, then I'm a no-brainer add-on and it would be very easy to to put together um, a brand extension. Oh, well, I feel like maybe I'm the person for you. Look at that. We've done a deal. Hey, well, watch out. Watch out. Look at me. I'm wheeling. I'm diddling. I'm hustling because I've read your book. I'm already using your skills talking to you. How's that? Good job, lady. Thank you. That's very meta. And I've enjoyed this this time with you so much. And I encourage you to visit uh, Miss Now Misses. And I think this is such a great idea. Save some time. Spend the 30 bucks for the love of God and uh, move on with your life, basically. Enjoy it. Danielle, thank you so much for spending this time. I hope we can talk again soon, and I'm looking forward to talking turkey with you off air. Absolutely. Thank you so much. (laughs) Happy days. I'm a doer, so when the Bride Chiller community said, why don't you have a book? You should write a book. I did it. I went and wrote two. The Bride Chiller Survival Guide is the ultimate wedding planning guide, full of Bride Chiller information, guidance and support. And the Bride Chiller Field Guide is the wedding planner that you can write in and take with you to all of your appointments because it contains all of the questions that I would advise you ask vendors before giving them any money. To order, visit bridechillerstore.com. And I thank you for supporting the Bride Chiller Podcast.